0: Waiting for Obama, a radio play by John Moore. The time is late August 2016. We're on an isolated road outside of Colorado Springs. We can see the doorways of two small houses facing each other on the same piece of residential property. Hank stands in one doorway, Peter in the other. Both are looking out their front doors, looking and listening intently for any movement on the perimeter. They both have semi-automatic rifles strapped around their shoulders. Their outlines form imposing silhouettes in the doorways. Behind Hank, we see his wife, Martha, doing busy work. A teenage boy, Benny, sits incongruously on the roof above.
1: coming the name of our town is colorado springs 70 miles due south of denver elevation 6100 feet but from where i stand up here on the roof at about 12. we're known for many things here in colorado springs but the fact that we have a park named america the beautiful should tell you a lot we call fort carson the best hometown in the army About eight miles that way is the Air Force Academy, and deep inside that mountain over there you'll find NORAD, which oversees air defense for all of North America. As you might imagine, the military accounts for about 40% of the economy here. Colorado
2: Springs offers the most freedom a man can have anywhere in America.
1: That's my grandfather, Hank. He's a fixer. Worked for 34 years at the local college fixing anything that broke. And I bet I read more books than the senior class combined. Don't forget the Garden of the Gods. Ah, yes, our majestic red rock formations. In 1859, a surveyor came upon it and famously said, This is a place fit for the gods to assemble.
3: I've never been there, but don't forget them.
1: That's my grandmother, Martha. Sweet woman. Her job is mostly... Grandpa Hank. Grandpa Hank. Is Pete out tonight? Peter, my father, his son. I can see his shadow. He can hear you, you
2: know. Evening, Pete. Don't talk to me. Fine.
1: I'll have Hillary send you an email. And me? I'm just your average, angst-ridden 16-year-old who ran away to the roof one day. It can get awful loud downstairs. I like to come up here and listen to the quiet.
0: Katie climbs the ladder to the roof.
3: I like to come up here and smoke a cigarette.
1: My mother. The grown-ups call her Katie. Sometimes she runs away, too.
3: Don't tell your father.
1: Have you ever tried to listen to the quiet? Sure, everyone can hear the cicadas. They're loud. Maybe a distant train whistle or the constant hum from a nearby highway. But if you really stop and listen to the silence, you'll hear a whole symphony of sound that nobody hears because they never stop talking. I can hear ants marching in the lawn. Oh, Benny Bunny. Seriously, Mama. I can hear roly-polies brushing up against blades of grass. Thousands of them. Loud as monsters.
3: Yeah, well... I hear monsters too.
1: <laughs> well, that's enough introductions for now. The sun is beginning to show some streaks of orange in the setting sky, so another night has begun in Colorado Springs. He's coming. Who, dear? Who is coming? You
3: know who?
2: The boogeyman.
3: That isn't a very nice thing to call him, dear.
1: <laughs> He's coming.
3: He's not coming.
1: I don't see anyone coming.
3: You're like Midas, keeping up your vigil night
2: after night. That's actually quite apropos, Martha. Midas walked to the end of the earth to lift a curse and make everything go back to the way it was before everything went to hell. Well,
3: Midas had excellent circulation, I'm sure. You have type 2 diabetes, dear, so you should rest your feet.
2: It is my solemn duty to protect my country from any foreign menace.
3: Oh, Hank, foreign menace. Exactly. You're talking about the president.
2: Like I said.
3: Do you remember when we were teenagers and your father overheard your brother making fun of Richard Nixon? Oh, he got so angry, your father. Listen up, young man, he said. You will not speak ill of that man in this house. We may disagree with his politics. We may think he belongs in jail. But until they convict him, he is our president. Not their president, our president. And you will respect the office of the President of the United States inside this house. No matter what son of a bum is occupying it.
2: is dead.
3: Well, it's a good thing he isn't here to see what's become of you.
2: I haven't changed. It's the rest of the world that's gone crazy.
3: Your parents were card-carrying liberals, Hank. If they were still alive, they'd wash your brain out with soap.
2: You don't know anything.
3: I know that no one in that whole crazy family of yours agrees with you about anything anymore, dear. And I am the
2: only one who stayed on the path of the church. Same path my parents set us on. I'll remind oh, you. Hank, if they were still alive, I doubt they would still be on that path themselves. They all moved away from the church.
3: Have you ever stopped to think that maybe it was the church that moved away from them?
2: Tread lightly, Martha. Oh, I'm very frightened. I miss those Sundays when our family took up an entire pew at St. Mary's. That's when family meant something, Martha. Your parents got divorced, Hank, and your mother wasn't
3: even allowed to get remarried at St. Mary's.
2: Rules are rules, Martha. That's the problem.
3: You aren't allowed to question anything, Hank.
2: Our Catholic upbringing was not in error. It was our conduct to follow in a fallen world. I love you, you old fool. But he's not coming. He's coming.
3: Well, he didn't come last night, and he didn't come the night before that, now, did he? He's
2: coming. I can feel it.
3: Well, I can feel the bursitis in my shoulder. That doesn't mean he's coming. What was that? That was the sound of your liberty being trampled, dear. Hush, woman. Damn
2: squirrels.
3: Hank, you know perfectly well that is no squirrel. Now,
2: don't start with that.
3: It's a wonder he never rolls off when he's asleep. It's a flat
2: roof, dear.
3: It has an edge, Hank. Anyone can roll off an edge. Are you hungry? I will not be shushed in my own house. If I have to talk to the back of my husband's head every night, I will say whatever I damn well please to the back of that head. Now, do you want some Funyuns, dear? I know I heard something. Yes, dear.
2: You did. He is coming, Mama.
3: Hoodlums and looky loos are the only ones who come anywhere near us anymore just to get a look at you two fools standing in your darkened doorways with your AK 47s. AR 15s. AR whatevers. You two are like a couple of scared kids. You know, you could save a lot of time if you just traded shifts. He's coming. I remember when we were kids, and you and your brothers would get drunk and argue
2: about abortion. Fifty-eight million since Roe v. Wade. And gays in the military. Single-handedly destroyed the morale of the entire military. And, of course, gun control. You'll have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands. You'll have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands. I miss those days.
3: In those days, you would kiss and make up before the sun came up. You're my brother! (laughs) And now none of them will even speak to you. And now you've lost Petey.
2: Martha, Petey is living not 20 feet from your front door.
3: Yeah, and look what it took to bring him home. Well, what do you want from me? I want you to
2: talk to him. I'm right here. He can talk to me. You could be the bigger man. There are fundamental differences.
3: Yes, dear. I have lived through every last fundamental difference.
2: At least we still have one thing in common. He's coming. He's coming. Even a communist like Pete can see that.
3: Honey, in the entire history of this country, when has anyone from the government actually gone door to door and taken anything from anyone?
2: Ever heard of David Koresh?
3: Oh, the gun-toting cult leader with the child brides? Yes, dear, I have heard of him. You call out his
2: name during sex. Textbook example of violent government overreach. There's a drought in this country, Martha. Freedom is dying of
3: thirst. Oh, you and your sayings. I can't keep up. What's that one you're always saying? Something about a right not exercised is a something, something? A right not exercised is a... Is a what, dear? A wish. That's it. A right not exercised is a wish. That would look good on a bumper sticker.
2: Damn right it would. Now, what does that mean exactly? You know what it means. No, I really don't. It means a lot of lives have been lost, achieving the God-given freedoms that were set down for us by the Founding Fathers. Wait, wait.
3: Did the Founding Fathers give you your freedoms or God?
2: Same thing.
3: Hank, you know perfectly well the United States was not founded as a Christian republic.
2: I'll stand away from you next time it rains. How gallant of you. This isn't about God or even guns. It's about rights. And everywhere you look, our rights are being infringed. How, dear? How? Every time you drive through an intersection, Martha, look up and wave. The cops are taking pictures of you. Even when your cell phone is turned off, the phone company knows exactly where you are. Every time you turn on your computer, looking at your quilts on Pinterest, know that your every keystroke is being recorded. Well, I imagine the government must be pretty bored spying in on my quotes. Every time you click an ad on one of your pages, Martha, those blood-sucking marketing companies are paying thousands of dollars to know it. They are targeting you, and you don't even know it. You want my advice? Pay cash for everything. Honey, are you mad at the government or at Google? We have traded privacy for consumer ease without even batting an eye. And with every compromise that we allow, little by little, we give up those rights that made this country great. A right not exercised is a wish.
3: Well, that's quite a sentiment, dear. You just might want to rethink your wording. Why? It's just that if you're going to live your life by a slogan... It should be a little more obvious to people, you know, what it means.
2: It's obvious to me.
3: Now, don't be angry with me, Hank, but may I make a suggestion?
2: Like what?
3: How about you must exercise your rights to keep them fit? That's better, right? For a bumper sticker, I mean?
2: I kind of like it. You do? You must exercise your rights to keep them fit. Yes.
3: See what we just did there? We compromised. A modern-day miracle. You can keep the slogan. You don't even have to pay me for it. I can't
2: it. wait to say it to him when he gets here. Not that again. He's coming.
3: Well, Hank, dear, if that man really is coming here to our little hideaway in the woods outside Colorado Springs to reclaim the Bill of Rights from Hank Welby... He is! Well, he'd better hurry up, because he's running out of time. Benny Bunny?
1: I actually go by Ben. My family still calls me Benny. Well, Benny Bunny, because they say I was a cuddly baby. But I haven't been Benny Bunny for, well, a really long time now. Not since...
0: Jenna. A teenage girl approaches Peter's door, carrying a bag of groceries. Peter is startled by her approach. He steps out the door, aiming his gun. Who's that? Katie? It's just me, Mr. Welby. Jenna. Jenna? Yes, just delivering your groceries, like always. Figured I'd work on the flower bed while I'm here.
1: My wife isn't here right now.
0: It's okay. Your mom already paid for it.
1: That is Jenna. My first love. I fell for her without even leaving this roof. Oh, don't worry. That's just target practice at the local gun range.
0: The action shifts to a gun safety class once attended by Peter and Hank.
1: I want to congratulate you all for taking your first gun safety class. Here at the Silver Bullet Shooting Range, we believe that an armed society is a polite society. Now before we leave, a quick show of hands. How many of you came here today because you believe President Barack Hussein Obama is coming for your guns? Okay, that's most of you. The informed ones. Now, how many of you are here because you have been the victim of a crime? Yes, and what is your name, sir? Peter. Uh, Well, well, Pete. Uh, Petey to my friends. Well, hello then, Petey. You looking for a little revenge?
2: No, I, I just want to protect my family.
1: Well, good. You did the responsible thing by signing up for this safety class. Guns may be our constitutional right, but in the wrong or untrained hands, we are the first to acknowledge that guns are the most dangerous things on earth. Next to Rachel Maddow's big fat mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now let's leave Miss Maddow out of this. Please, we don't want her anywhere near our business or our guns. I actually like Rachel Maddow.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think she makes some sense. Especially when she's
1: talking about stuff like Wall Street corruption and Benghazi. Well then, I guess it's Peter. Now then, before you all leave, let's repeat the fundamental rules of safe gun handling together one last time. First, always keep your gun unloaded until...
0: Ready ready to use.
1: Always keep your gun pointed...
0: In a safe safe direction. direction.
1: And the big one. Never... Point your gun at anything you are not willing to... Destroy! Exactly.
0: Hank and Peter resumed their vigils in the doorways of their respective houses. Never
2: point your gun at anything you are not willing to destroy.
0: What do you
1: think is the greatest miracle of the human body? I mean, after orgasm, obviously. What's next, though? Is it reason? Empathy? The immune system? I think it's imagination. I wanted Jenna from the first time I saw her. Hey up there. I couldn't have imagined anyone better. I said hey you. Who, me?
0: Who do you think, you little perv?
1: Wait, you can see me?
0: It's hard to miss being stared at by a boy who lives on the roof.
1: (sighs) I'm sorry, I I didn't know you could see. It's okay.
0: I kind of like it. (laughs) But enough with the staring.
1: Come down here let me have a real look at you. Oh, no, I can't leave here. You can't live your whole life up on that roof, Benjamin. Yes, I know your name. Your grandma talks about you all the time. She does. She's already got us married off in her mind. Jenna was my first girlfriend. We were both misfits. We clicked because no other click would have us.
0: I was the first girl to touch your heart.
1: And I was the first boy to touch your boobs.
0: (laughs) So you'd think.
1: The thing I learned from Jenna, is that if you take two people who feel totally worthless and put them together, they can somehow make each other feel worthwhile. Maybe for the first time.
0: Even if only for a short time.
1: Yeah. Have you ever noticed that when fireworks explode in the night sky, You can see that big burst of color before you ever hear the bang. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Yeah, that's kind of been my life story. Big burst of color, then bang.
0: Then bang. Benny can see what's happening in the far off distance and reports it back to us as if he is our eyes on a world gone mad. Below, the two families carry on in their respective living rooms. They can hear the news as if it is being reported on their own televisions. Oh my God.
1: Two 15-year-old girls just died in a shooting at a high school in Glendale. That's a suburb of Phoenix. Looks like a murder-suicide. One student took her own life after killing the other. Now I can see the principal talking to the media. He's calling it a tragic accident.